with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good day, everyone. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kulik, your host, the gatekeeper of the realms, the unknown, the unexplained, and the most unbelievable New England's own Van Helsing. And with me all the way from the, I don't know what to call it. What do you call Scotland? Scotland. <laughs> okay, that place. <laughs> the uh, spiritualist medium, uh, Mr. Stephen Scott. Good evening, Ron. Uh, are you a reverend? No. Okay. Fine. No, absolutely not. No, that's... But you can do a spiritualist ceremony. No, no, I've, I've, I've not gone down the celebrant route yet. Actually, I was talking about that just just last week with my wife, and um, I'm thinking about doing it. But see, yeah, you must be psychic, Ron. Because I I remember when you came over for spirit course, we did we did a little spirit spiritualist, yeah, whatever it is, spiritual spirit. I can't even say the word spiritualist. spiritualist thank you, spiritualist. Uh, what was it? Oh, that was just a service. Uh, that service, was like, that's what it was. Yeah, that was just a service. Yeah, you don't need a license or anything for that. But you you do get a, a kind of status like a celebrant, which is kind of, and also you get a... a you have to be celebrant? A, no, you would be a celebrant. You don't have to be celibate. Um, that's two oh, completely so no separate... Drinking, con- no sex yeah. no drinking? No, absolutely not. Uh, no, I'm only joking about that. No, the the role of celebrant is someone who can take weddings, funerals, that type of thing. So um, oh. you, you need to be licensed in order to do that <clears throat> officially, you know, as a member of the spiritualist religion. So you, you can do it unofficially uh, and you can get, you know, I'm pretty sure someone somewhere can pick up an, an certificate on the internet and it'll tell them everything they need to know about how to do things, but yeah, um, I've I've not yet gone down the official Reverend Scott route yet. <laughs> yet, I don't you know, know. I don't know if I will. You know, Stephen Stephen Parson is a uh, bishop. I've I've heard him called worse. I, th- I think yep. that's what it sounded like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what it was. Uh, something. Yeah, <laughs> was that something to do? Yeah, well, he's from Wales, so yeah, sheep. No, that doesn't mean. Uh, yeah, but he he got his uh, reverence license uh, on the internet. I think it was twenty five dollars, and for I think it was another. So he's actually a bishop. And about another thirty five, you could become a bishop or something like that. Wow. So if he becomes yeah. a bishop, I'll have to kick him up the ass. <laughs> As we are <laughs> reference to uh, Father Ted. Father Ted, yeah, yep, reference <laughs> one of the best shows. I laugh ever. at it. Ever. <laughs> I always laugh at it every time. Now I watched your other one, the black book there, whatever it was. Black books, black black yeah, books is good. I I couldn't get I didn't I didn't enjoy it as much as as Father said. No, it's 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 a more niche type of comedy. Um, oh, okay. It's very much a more niche type of comedy, and it's it's a little bit more zany and weird. Yeah. yeah. And a, a lot of the jokes that are in it are uh, they're very British references. 
Mm-hmm. For example, some of the characters, if, if there's a squeaky voice on the radio, you wouldn't know who that was. You know, the same as if we watched old American TV shows. Right. Uh, we wouldn't know who the guest was, and therefore we wouldn't get the in-joke. Sometimes things like Saturday Night Live, some of the jokes went above the head of the British public because they didn't know who the guests were and their relationship ah. to American media and all that. So, yeah, yeah, I suppose black, black books could be different. Yeah, I mean, even Father Ted, when they had the uh, International Singing Conference there, they had that guy. <laughs> the Eurovision. I, 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 I know, didn't know who that, that guy was, the the uh, judge. I forget his name. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. He, he was supposed to be somewhat famous or something. but it, I think he was. Yes, he was. He was very famous in Ireland. But yeah. uh, he might even have been someone that sang for Eurovision. I don't know. I yeah. don't know. It's That's sometimes the, the level that go down. But you didn't need to know that to appreciate the comedy. No, you didn't. It was still great. And uh, mm-hmm. I, it just dawned on me. It's like, I don't know why this popped in my head, but do you remember the one when it went into the caves? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and then there's, there's, there's the cave and uh, the famous British talk show host now, but he was a comedian, Graham Norton. He gets, he gets yeah. buried in the cave. It's just his hand sticking up at the end. <laughs> Still yeah. talking. Was... <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, uh, if, if you have not seen Father Ted, I... Steve and I both highly recommend it, don't we? Steve? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you don't have to be Catholic to enjoy it. You don't have to be any religion to enjoy it. It's just <laughs> no. freaking funny. <laughs> but anyway, all right. So, on the earlier show, um, Steve Parsons and I were talking about uh, ghosts. Yes, I was listening. Oh, you were. Yeah. So you heard that whole thing about. Why don't ghosts speak? I mean, you, you speak to ghosts because or both ghosts speak to you, or I don't know how exactly that works, but uh, if you call it speaking, but um, why don't uh, ghosts speak? I mean, let's well, first of all, they do actually. What, go ahead. Yeah, it's um, I prefer the looser term of communication because um, invariably it's down to the recipient how they perceive that communication energy as it's coming through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and th- this this is one of these weird things that I try and explain sometimes. Um, it's like uh, when I'm teaching circles and things like that, um, there's a certain type of phenomena where when you, you pick up things differently, it's kind of like synesthesia. So that, for example, synesthesia, someone can... Uh, taste colours, or that's how their brain perceives the colour as a taste. Yeah, it, it, it can be like that when you're working with spirit as well, because it, what sometimes happens is you, you get a sensation, and that sensation reminds you of the colour red in that instance. And the colour red comes forward. Spirit hasn't ne- necessarily said red to me, but that sensation makes me think of the colour red. Likewise, I will get a sensation that makes me hear a sound and that sound then comes across clear audiently. It doesn't necessarily mean that spirit is directly giving me the word. You, you know, like, uh, I'm just like the first word that came in my head was something weird like calibre. You, you, you know, it, it doesn't mean that that's the voice, that a voice said that to me, but it passed on information to me that perhaps created an image or something that my brain's translated into that word through that spiritual energy. So there's there's always a kind of um, 
mediumship synesthesia going on quite a lot of the time. Uh, and when it comes to direct the production of words by spirit, for example, uh, depending on how the medium's brain and their own particular type of capability to work with the energy being provided and how spirit work with them, you may find that what someone perceives as a word starts out as an image. So spirit's not actually saying that word. And sometimes what they say as a word could come across as a sensation. Um, however, we do know that spirit do speak because we do have a phenomenon called direct voice, which can occur during trance or during uh, circles, which yeah. is where spirit can be heard directly by people in the room. Now, now are, we talking not, to, are we talking to a medium, Stephen, or are we talking to like... Uh, no, that's where the voice actually comes from somewhere in the room. Okay, so like... Direct uh, voice phenomena. Yeah, like that... What, what do they call those? Uh, go, horns, not the horns. Trumpets. Uh, trumpets. Trumpets, thank you very much. Yeah, God, it's like that. But... Tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Uh, and uh, when, when you get that direct voice appearing, the voice actually appears from somewhere within the room. Now... To go back to what was saying there and to time with what Steve was saying, sometimes spirit could act on someone who's part of the circle and they could unwittingly say the word prompted by spirit. And that's where the direct voice comes from. And no, that individual themselves does not realise they've done that because the prompt to do that has come from spirit. Oh. Or it could be that spirit actually says it themselves and they have been able to manifest that sound. Or you have a, a group singular clear audience dynamic where everyone hears the sound but it didn't actually appear to anyone else outside the circle ah, okay so there could be lots of different explanations for why which is why sometimes people say they hear things but if they've got an audio recorder it's not picked up in the audio recorder that's you know i was just going to mention that because when we went to gettysburg and uh we were doing uh, uh an intimate uh not a uh uh, investigation at the the um, train house and we were it was it's also going to be part of a, a show that we were doing a uh, radio show so we were interviewing the station's uh, manager and we were talking to I was talking to him I had a cameraman with me and Maureen and some other people were, were up by the engines then all of a sudden we heard this I mean it was like almost like thunder that loud like a close thunder mm -hmm. it was so loud and we all, what was that? We, you know, we, you, you can see it in the film. We all run to, to the sound and everything, but it was never picked up. The sound itself was never picked up. So that's what you were talking about then, right? Yes, because that sound is on a spell. And your group would have been unified in your energetic state. You would have been working together in your energetic state. Now, whether you psychokinetically caused that sound mm -hmm. to occur, and therefore only you could hear it, or whether that sound occurred on a spiritual level that only you and your group who were on that vibrational level could hear it, but the physical recording and uh, equipment, which is not vibrating at the same level to pick up that sound, cannot pick that up, because that no, sound does sense. not, it doesn't technically exist in this in this physical existence. It occurs on a spiritual level, and of course, until proven otherwise, a data recorder does not have a soul or a spirit with which to intercept that sound. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting because you had, you know, we had members of my group, of course, 
then we had uh, the manager of the place, who was just the manager of the place. And then we had our host, which was uh, Mark Nesbeth and his wife, I think, were there. And it was all heard by all of us. But, you know, yet we're not like a, a unified. In other words, you know, we're not like all members of the New England Ghost Project. We were different mm -hmm. people from different walks of life, basically. And mm -hmm. yet we all heard it. So uh, I, I don't think it was a projection more than, you know, because I, you know, I would think if you were going to project something, you would have to think about it. Well, but we we also have processes that occur mm -hmm. in our body through our brains every day that we don't think about. That's fair we, enough. We don't think about breathing. We don't well, think consciously about we don't think of, Wait a minute. Consciously, consciously no, that's correct. Consciously, we don't think about them. Subconsciously yeah. or un unconsciously, more, more precise, these are all autonomic functions. Right. So is it not also possible we also have spiritual autonomic functions that are constantly going on in the background that we are not aware of? Hmm. That's interesting. I never thought of it that way. That's That could explain that and everything else. I mean, it's so... It, even like... When we do this thing, which we've been doing for eight years, and 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 you you sat in remotely at one time. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. But it, I, I I've been thinking about it because we're trying to do you know trying to understand physical mediumship, but yet we have that mental mediumship capacity in it. So I mean, it's like if the spirit is there, and you can talk to the medium why would he like move the table or anything else why would he waste his energy just like you know oh yeah yeah can you move the table let us let everybody know you know it's like mm -hmm. you're asking him to perform rather than just getting information is, is that does that make sense i mean yeah is it's that, is that phys physical no no physical mediumship is we sit in circle give evidence and that evidence is that ah. the spirit realm can impact on our physical realm that's the whole point of the physical circle right. so by exactly. being there you're you're actively looking for physical evidence mm -hmm. if you wanted just communication then the medium could just work on mental mediumship exactly but the group wouldn't experience what they experience through the physical change and in interaction it would then be back to that trust is this medium telling the truth do they know anything about where we are do they know anything about me and it brings the doubt in so the, the whole point of physical mediumship is that spirit will come forward to provide evidence to show to the group of their existence in a way that is very difficult well is more difficult to refute to give you the evidence you're looking for on your journey of discovery of whether or not the spiritual realm is real. This is why um, it's it's believed that this is why in the early days of spiritualism, there was a lot more physical evidence presented because they had to make their presence known ah. and to show that this is what was happening. Now, obviously, on the downside of that, that physical evidence is also relatively easy to fabricate given the right conditions and certain types of people. So it's it, while it worked to some degree, it also, humans being humans, decided to take it to the nth degree and have therefore clouded anything that could have come out. For all we know, historically, there was a massive amount of physical evidence of great importance that provided a great deal of 
uh, you know, recognition of the existence of spirit that's now been clouded by the human interaction element and the fakery that also took place at the same time. Uh, yeah, it's it's always like, you know, when, when I think about these uh, public ghost hunts that they have, like at Eastern State Penitentiary and everything, when you have like hundreds of people going through doing the same thing, asking the same questions. It's it, And if you're like spirits, mm -hmm. it's like, you know, why would you even bother with that? It's like, you know, you're going in, you're asking them to perform like trained monkeys, basically. It's yeah, like, well, that's it, exactly. Is that, and this is where the difference between spirits and ghosts comes in, from my perspective. Mm -hmm. Spirits okay. are there to provide messages uh, of comfort and help and assistance to the people that they have connection to throughout our spiritual existence. So we may have lived a hundred lifetimes and in that hundred lifetimes, we may have encountered 50,000 spiritual entities. Any one of them could be coming forward at any one point to try and give you help or assistance or knowledge or whatever with a problem. Uh, <clears throat> so those spirit, from my experience, and I, I know a lot of people disagree with this, but hey, that's on them. It doesn't matter. This is, um, no. Spirit cannot be trapped. Spirit cannot be contained. You cannot be locked into one place as a spiritual entity because that spiritual entity is out with the boundaries of our physical realm. So when we think of a spirit becoming tied due to an emotional attachment and things happening, the, the essence of that person that is the spirit part of them cannot be trapped because that energy, that thing that would trap them is dependent on being human. And when we pass, we lose our, we don't lose our humanity, but we, we relinquish our humanity and go back to that pure spiritual soul. This pure spiritual soul does not have, you know, fear, uh, hatred. I'm trying not to go down a Yoda route here. Um, sorrow, um, it doesn't have these human fail failures that we would deem to be attachment. It's free to pass. It's free to pass. Now, whether you believe it passes to heaven, whether you believe it passes to a spirit realm is completely irrelevant. What can linger is that human essence, a shell, a shell memory. Now, if someone has a traumatic experience and they psychically linked to that experience to a certain place or a certain time or a certain thing that's where from my experience the ghost element comes along it's a replay, it's an image you can ask it to do things like a performing monkey but unless you ask the right question at the right time and tune yourself into that energetic state to ask that question at the right time uh, you're not going to get a response because it, it's a replay so it's for, for example knock three times and it doesn't do it and then you're like, oh, okay, well, you know, the, the history is the knock three times and then 20 minutes later you get three knocks. Oh, oh, there's the knocks we asked for. Mm -hmm. You know, the, 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 is it because a, a period of time has passed? Right. So th that period of time just means that you were maybe a wee bit premature. You weren't, maybe weren't in the right place at the right time to get that, to, to, to watch that recording. And you preempt that recording by playing on the evidence that other people have brought before you. So it's that's the way I always see these things working. Uh, I've I've done a few ghost hunts. I've done quite a lot of things with that. I've attended. I've done so many uh, spiritualist services, 
and I've never once had a spirit come forward to me as a message and won't even hint at being trapped. Mm. What they come forward and say is, I'm here to talk to that lady over there. I was her father. She's right. just suffered a traumatic loss and I want to help her through it. There's none of this, you know, can you tell her that, you know, I'm stuck in the basement. Could you open the door <laughs> and let me out? Um, I've been down there a very long time. Um, it's, it's, yeah. You know, that, that doesn't happen. So yeah. it's, and Do you I'm know where the light, light is? Yes, exactly. Can you put the light on? I've been trying to read a book for 35 years. Um, no, it just doesn't happen. But uh, you, you, you can't lock that, that core energy down. You, you know, you can't lock that core spirit down. But you can encounter the trace element. And that's the difference between the two. So it's when we do things like physical circles, we're tuning into spirits. We're asking spirit to come forward and manifest that energy to create a physical phenomena. Okay. And that's very different from going into a haunted house where things have been known to move. Then you go in with a hypercharged group and you're hypercharged and then you start shouting out and then you start throwing out positive, you start throwing out negative energy and telekinetically something happens. Of course it does because the group's waiting on something happening. And yeah, that spontaneous energy from the group could be the thing that causes what you're actually recording as a ghost, but it's actually a spontaneous psychokinetic event caused by the group itself. You know, I think that that is uh, a, a good explanation of a lot of these things that do occur because you have people going in wanting the same thing, basically. And, you mm -hmm. know, they want to. So yeah, how much of their energy is really creating what is yeah. occurring? One, one of the best examples I can give, and we've all done this. We've all gone to the fair. We've all gone to the circus. We've all gone in the ghost house, the haunted house walk that's the kind of circus thing, you know. And those. and we're all calm and we're all great until that one person screams. And then we're all like, let's get the hell out of here. And everybody just charges for the door because that panic, that fear is infectious. True. And even when someone screams and you immediately feel the hairs go up in the back of your neck because you don't know what they're screaming at, you've not encountered it yet yourself, Something could be going wrong here, <laughs> you know, and those that lizard brain kicks in where it's just like, oh, I'm getting out of this place, and everybody starts charging in a certain direction until they get a distance, a certain period of time, a couple of seconds to eight seconds past the threat, and then the brain starts to calm down, the endorphins mm -hmm. start kicking out, and everybody starts to kind of laugh at it. But, um, yeah, it just takes that one person to scream on a haunted housewalk, and, you know, that whole group starts running. Um, but that's and, that's you know that's in real life too. That's mob mentality when you have I mean. yeah. you it's know exact you, same even, thing. Even, whether it's a sporting event or, or a riot or something. <clears throat> oh, yeah. And, yeah. and you might have a person who is absolutely you would never ever think of him doing anything, but he's he's caught up in the energy of the mob, and the that actually creates the conditions that 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 occurs. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. That's why I hate mobs, by the way. <laughs> Stay away from as far as I can. Yeah, especially flash mobs. I really can't stand them. Flash mobs. <laughs> I find them annoying. Unless, unless they're naked, then it's okay. Right? You must see different flash mobs from me in Scotland. <laughs> Nobody takes their clothes off in Scotland, Ron. What you, yeah, you? well, because you already got them off. And your <laughs> skirt there. I mean, kilt, excuse me. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's a man's skirt. I'm cool with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, 
So I wanted to go back a little bit more and talk about uh, the seance and, and your thoughts on, on, on different things that, that occurred to it. Um, so when you, you do hold a, a seance, uh, like the, and we're studying physical meaning, so, so we're asking for physical activity. Mm-hmm. And so you, you, sometimes you get, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I mean, this is what we, we believe. We, we get some spirits that come in that just will work with us. It's, you know, they, they want to prove the existence of, mm-hmm. of themselves or, or something uh, because, uh, you know, that's what we're reaching out for. That's what we're, we're calling mm-hmm. for. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. And we had one time, and uh, it was pretty strange, but we think we connected with someone from the other side that now we don't know if it's from the other side or somewhere else that was holding a similar circle trying Mm. to connect with us. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Now, could spirit on the other side connect in a circle back in other words could they uh, you know, how do i say this well yes yeah it's uh, spirit can work as a group the same as we can and um, when we do yeah. circles trans circles healing circles we work as a group uh, spirit will work together to try and do something of great import that needs to be done mm-hmm. and to, to try and influence as best they can positive outcomes over here um that i i can see absolutely no reason why that would not happen because right, we, gotta, uh, we gotta take a break Stephen. i'm sorry i missed the oh no problem warning. sorry Ron. Yeah. no it's not it's my fault i, I missed the two minute one anyways for 30 seconds anyways you're listening to ghost chronicles uh, next generation with ron kolik and our special guest today is uh steven scott all the way from scott and way past his bedtime uh, but anyways, we're brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 286 Merrimack Street, through in Massachusetts, Massachusetts, and the Glant Messier Family Law Group. We'll be right back. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Hello. Hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing. 
although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I am required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. back you are listening to ghost chronicles next generation i am ron Kolick. my special guest is steven scott and we're brought to you by circles of wisdom 286 memorex people through in massachusetts the glant messier family of our group 15 high street north andover massachusetts and our very good friends on ghost chronicles radio one patreon like steven scott is as well as john who is in the chat room as well so we want to thank you for supporting the show so anyway, back to, we were talking about seances, we were talking about spiritualism, ghosts and spirits, uh, Stephen. So um, another question I did have for you is, have you ever sat in a physical mediumship circle? Yes, I've sat in two, maybe three physical mediumship circles over the year. Over the years, sorry. Uh, one was at one of the local churches, which was quite interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, obviously, the, the, I'm quite jealous because uh, we've never been able to establish one for eight years. That's quite a, a that's quite a feat, and I'm very impressed by that, Ron, to be honest. Um, so yeah, I've sat in on them, and we've experienced. I've experienced some phenomena. Mm-hmm. I've ex- also experienced a huge amount of human delusion. Um, really. Yeah, people get carried away with them, and um, yes, yes, you, you see things that happen, and you're like, no, this is not actually happening. This is I, we can tell this is the the um, needy child syndrome coming out. Oh and, no, 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 no. Yeah, someone just oh. wants some attention, and you're like, so we have to mm-hmm. try and you know, and you know, or the circle leader. I wasn't leading the circles. The circle leader starts to lose a bit of control. And yeah, yeah. So I've, I've, I've been in a couple, and uh, I, I've yet to experience a good, solid one. Maybe I'll try starting my own. Uh, maybe at some point. Yeah, I'll, I'll just have to see how everything else plays out and how time goes with things. So it's, um, yeah. it's. It, I'm, I'm not going to dismiss it yet. I've seen some very positive things, and I've seen some things that. Uh, even as a medium, um, I couldn't. I always try and approach it with a more kind of critical aspect. Is did this happen? Did someone mm-hmm. kick a chair? Did did someone drop something? Is that where that sound came from? Because invariably, for the people listening that don't know, um, physical circles circles tend to be done in very very low light conditions. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part, if it's not red light, it's almost out. Um, but I've attended circles where we have had someone in a cabinet with um, just a kind oh, of light. Oh, cabinet! You had, you, you had a medium and cabinet spirit. Yeah, with a medium in the cabinet, and we we did yeah. get some interesting sounds from within the room. Uh, mm. But again, however, it, the room itself, while it was secure, it had external 
sounds coming in. So it, it wasn't external sounds. It was like a, um, a hall, but the, the, there was passing traffic outside that may have caused problems. That, that there was vibrations from traffic. Yeah. So while the traffic couldn't be heard, the vibrations could have been causing some sensations. It was very difficult to tell. It wasn't the optimum conditions where the kind of science part of me, the engineer part of my brain um, says, right, okay, this is uh, this satisfies the conditions that I need to be 100% certain that what we got there was genuine phenomena and not something from an external source. Yeah, we used to hold, and we first started the, the Red Light Science Circuit, what's over 12 years ago. So... Um, wow, was it 12? Good grief. Yeah, 12. Uh, so we used to have general public in, in which was, was good because you brought different energies and sometimes you had different spirits that, that came through for them but you also had less control over it and, mm -hmm. and you know we ended up having some people that were uh what you described earlier is you know one of these center of attention type of things so we, mm -hmm. we had some, some problems <laughs> with that. sorry i remember one where we're sitting in circle and then <laughs> it was uh... This lady, yeah, it was the public were allowed in. We were sitting in circle. I can't remember mm -hmm. if it was a physical. I don't think this was a physical circle. I think this was mm -hmm. just a development circle. And then, no, it was physical because the circle leader said, "Does anyone get any question?" Because uh, the medium went into trance at the time, and uh, inside the cabinet, and someone went, "Has anyone got a question for the spirit that's here?" And this woman said, "Can you tell me if my husband's cheating on me right now <laughs> while I'm here?" It just broke the circle because we, we, we couldn't keep focus. We, we all just started laughing and the women yeah. got really upset and stormed out. Uh, yeah. and it just it completely broke the evening. There was no way back from it. Um, it was just it was just such an unusual question. You, you know, but uh, mm -hmm. I followed her outside and I says, look, if, if you have any suspicions, maybe the best person to speak to you is not the other world. Maybe, you know, the spirit world, maybe the best person to speak to you is your husband. Uh, yeah. So. You know, and I made sure she was okay, but because uh, she thought we were laughing at her, we weren't laughing at her, we were laughing at the 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 question and the concept of the question more than anything else, which was just a bit weird, yeah, you know. Everyone was expecting, tell us something about the spirit realm, what can we do to help humanity? <laughs> nope. yeah. And we're back in the room. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, uh, you, you've talked about laughter, but we have discovered in um, that laughter actually, I mean, we'll have a quiet night and then we'll, mm -hmm. you know, we'll, we'll, something will come up. We'll start laughing or something or just like, the giggles kick in. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it'll kick in like the, mm -hmm. the energy starts flowing again. And, uh, you know, the, I mean, I, re I remember one time when it happened and, and we were just, you know, it was something funny came up. I forget what the heck it was, but. Uh, we were just laughing and talking about it. And all of a sudden, the table started moving by itself. It just started moving. It's like, holy crap, all right, I guess we should be back in there. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's We need to remember that. And I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about if anyone who's working with us. The main thing is never to be afraid because spirit will never harm you. You know, mm -hmm. pure spirit will never harm you. And Can they even also, harm you? That's the question. I don't exactly. Yeah. Or, or do we harm ourselves through our own psychokinetic yeah. capabilities? Yeah. yeah. Or do we scratch ourselves, you know, inadvertently without realizing we've done exactly. it, those types of things. Um, and I've only ever experienced the kind of joy and love that comes from working with spirit. And um, 
when we want to generate that energy, you can't generate positive feeling by having low energy. One of the one of the things I I often joke that whenever I do platform, invariably you you have to be part medium and part comedian. Yeah. Because at times you have to get that energy up. It's it, it, and it, it's very difficult to work in a place that's flat. And any medium will tell you this. It's it's so difficult to work anywhere that has just this. I'm going to use the term dead energy. Yeah. There's nothing there to work with. Spirit can't come to us because they, they they need us to come halfway. You're trying to get your power and your energy up. There's nothing coming from the room. The rooms, no one's, you know, shining a light for spirit to come down and come close. And it's. It's that kind of, uh, I often joke that sometimes I think spirit look in and they see a group of people and go, okay, we've got a gathering. What kind of party? Is it a party or is it a wake? If it's a wake, I'm not coming down. I want a party. I want to have some fun and I want to have some positive energy. And that's, that, that's what, the, what really makes it work. And laughter is a great energetic release. You know, laughter is honestly one of the best energetic releases. And invariably, it's when the laughter starts that the the... I'll not use the term phenomena, but that that type of kind of interaction can start quite, quite, quite readily. Yeah, there's a, there's an old Polish saying. It says, uh, "God respects me when I work, but He loves me when I laugh." Uh, <laughs> and yeah. and I think that's that idea that we we raise our own vibrations through laughter. And and let's face it, when you're laughing, you can't be sad. You can't have all the worries of the world on you. You can't have a lot of things that that keep our energy down. Uh, exactly. You know, so it, it, I mean, it's, it's. I I heard something really funny the other day, and the the gentleman I was talking to, it, it was so funny, it just sparked me off, and um, immediately someone tried to give me a message through, but it it it, the, it wasn't the time and place for a message, if you know what I mean. You know, we had oh. some friends over, so I was like, no, I'm sorry, I can't deliver your message. If they ever come to me, I, I'm sure you'll come through and everything, but. What what they were talking about was it was about a, it was a um, it, this is terribly terribly bad humour and I apologise but it, it it was an old folks home and it, it was when they worked in the council here and it was an application for an old folks home and the road it was going to be on was called Saint Peter's Close. Oh. <laughs> Oh my God! And I'm sorry, folks. It, it's it's not a joke. It's a true story. But yeah. you think that you, you, as as soon as that laughter started, and because I was in that zone where he started talking about you know people and death and everything, and it kicked me in. It kicked in those senses, and then you started to get that energy coming forward again. It it can happen that fast, and if it can happen that fast on a daily basis. When you have a group of like-minded people all working towards, so I'm still laughing at St. Peter's Close. Um, <laughs> when you have a group of positively energised people working to try and get evidence of, you know, life beyond life, and 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 to experience that, so they can tell others about it and share that knowledge, then spirit will do everything they can to come forward. And that positive spark of humour just is. It's it's like lighting the Olympic flame kind of thing. It just you get a beacon and then they come. Yeah, I mean, uh, there are so many different things uh, that's intriguing about this whole spirit world thing and and how we perceive them and and how they we 
track them or whatever. Uh, I know that like when Maureen uh, connects with spirit, uh, she'll say there's a spirit there or anything, right? Now I have an EMF meter. Granted, it's just a cheap one, but it'll go off. And when she says spirit's gone, it goes, it, I mean, it, it's blaring. And then when she says spirit's gone, it goes quiet. So I, I've realized this through working with her for many, many years. And so I, you know, is it really a, a spirit or a ghost that's that's sending this EMF meter off? Or is it just Maureen generating that energy by connecting to spirit? Because we generate EMF. Yes, we do. And yeah. that's in spiritualism circles. That's what that could be the phenomena we call um raising the power. That's where you 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 go into the power of your own spirit and you energize yourself and you elevate your own spirit up to reach that level of communication with the spirit coming in. So we don't physically do it. Our spirit does it. The spirit that we are in this human body. And that fluctuation. So it, it could be it, it could very well be that run. It could be Maureen elevating and, and entering into her power. And that's what the reader's picking up. Right. It's, but at the same time, once that connection's made, it's made. So that energy in the room would be higher. And yeah, so and as long as both. she says it's there, it's it's going, it's blaring. And then as soon as she says spirit's gone, it just goes dead. And this has happened yeah. multiple times. Now, do I have any evidence that this is, you know, what it is? I mean, of course not. It's just conjecture. But uh, so it, anyway, you... You know, I, I, I had suffered from uh, uh, some back injuries here. Yes. And uh, so I had an operation and they connected me up with this, uh, which I have now is this $3,000 EMF generator, which wow. I wear, wear around my neck. It's a, a high tech thing. It, it, it actually measures the time and a whole bunch of other stuff. On it. I saw the photograph. Yes. Yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. Uh, you got to wear it cool. four hours. So basically, though, it's just You're a ghost magnet. Yeah, it's basically it's just an EMF generator. So mm -hmm. next red light sands, I'm I'm gonna wear it and see. Oh, that'd be if, cool. See if there's any effect at all uh, mm -hmm. on what happens at all. Uh, Is it's curious. I was going to say, but obviously you've announced it now. Is there any way you could wear it and not tell anyone? No. <laughs> not yeah, that, yeah, then I realised, yeah, you kind of look like you're, you kind of look like Sean Connery in Thunderball with a jetpack on. So, <laughs> yeah, definitely not. <laughs> no, no, it's it's quite noticeable. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's intriguing. Uh, I, I I'm interested. I talked to Steve Parsons about it, and he he's curious as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so it'd be very interesting. It'll be very interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I'll let you know what happens on it. Uh, we're going to try it next thing. Uh, it was so funny because um, I have two injuries. I had the compressed spinal cord, which was in my neck, and then I have uh, a fractured back and lower back and uh, bulging inverse disc. So that's the lower back. So I had a copper uh, fit, like copper fit uh, belt for my for my midsection. Mm -hmm. And so that that's like, okay. And it was funny because I could feel like a, a little tingling from it. So the energy is like, okay, is it going through the copper? It's like, hmm, this is interesting. So maybe if I put something on the table that 
the energy could flow from me to the table it might even be interesting i don't know yeah mm -hmm. no just touching it should do it anyways i don't know yeah. i'm gonna play around with it anyways that's what i was gonna say play with it and see what happens i mean yeah. that's, that's how we discover is and you you've got a great opportunity to do that obviously but rather mm -hmm. you didn't need to have had the opportunity in the first place <laughs> but uh, you know uh, you know when life gives you lessons, yeah but i'm four inches taller now yeah that's it exactly yes yeah absolutely you know what they say when life gives you lemons you know cut a hole in it and squirt it in the eye of your enemies no yeah, i mean you, uh, you, you, you make lemonade um the true so, scottish yeah. plan isn't it it's something like that yeah yeah i think the scottish one is when life gives you lemons chuck them away because that's technically a fruit um <laughs> bring on the chips um <laughs> so it's uh i'll let you know how i make out I'm, uh we have the seance next week so i i'll be cool sitting in and everything now i don't consider myself a medium at all um as as i said when i first started doing this i always called myself it's psychic as a brick um but to be uh to understand different things you have to at least attempt to do different things mm -hmm. so I, I said, well, you know, you sat, in the, you saw uh, remotely the circle too, but I, I sit in and whatever comes in, comes in. And we just, we just say it. And this is for all participants in the group, not just the medium, but everyone in there. And mm -hmm. everybody gets information differently. Uh, you know, uh, one of the things that <laughs> I can do is I can smell old people. <laughs> When old mm -hmm. people come in, I I smell old people. <laughs> it's like I see dead people. You know, I smell old people. I smell old people. <laughs> I smell old people. They're so everywhere. We, we they're know they're smelly. <laughs> so we know an elderly person's coming in. <laughs> but why do we why do we have different ways to connect the spirit? I th I think it is literally just down to that we all have all six psychic senses that we can work with. Mm -hmm. And for some, some people are just more comfortable than others. So it sounds like you've got a, a good uh, concept, particularly with old people, of clear alliance, the sense of smell, where you, you, you can have cl clear sensations of smell. Uh, you'll probably find if you get that, you'll probably also get taste as well. Because, you know, um, on a physical level, uh, taste and smell are very strongly linked. So when you I experience, not experienced that yet, Stephen. That's interesting. Okay, yeah. that's interesting. Uh, mm -hmm. Keep keep an eye out for that, then, or keep a nose or a tongue out for that, um, <laughs> because you'll you'll probably find that's there, and it may be that it's just not registering with you. So just be aware of that. You'll probably find you'll get tastes, maybe like iron-like tastes in the back of the throat, or a kind of sulfur taste in the back of the throat sometimes. Interesting. Um, which doesn't mean anything bad. Mm -hmm. You know, it just means that your spirit are trying to work with you because if they can work with you in a clear alliance sense, then what usually happens is while this physical senses and the spiritual senses have the same, you know, basic five sense, six sense concepts, the, the physical sense of smell and taste are quite strongly linked. Uh, on a spiritual level, that doesn't necessarily always occur, but no. because your brain will try and understand the concept of what it's receiving from a smell perspective, the taste perspective will kick in automatically anyway. So you might find that it's you, you, you will become more open to that. 
Um, but not necessarily. It's literally down to what people are able to receive and how their brain wants to interpret that information. So it's when we think about you have your six senses, sight, smell, taste, sensation, touch, and understanding, just kind of awareness. You, you, you have these six psychic senses that you'll be working with all the time. And it, it's not necessarily that they're, I don't like to think of them as they're underdeveloped in people. It's just that their physical attunement to those psychic senses are less refined. The skills are there, but as a physical person, for whatever reason, we've not tuned into that yet. If so that you makes can, sense. Can you, have, can you have more than one? For instance, I'm very visual. If I, most of the time during the seance, my eyes are closed, so I, I can see things. Um, yes, you see for, things without your eyes being open, but right. you still see the image. Right. So that's still clairvoyance. Okay, um, so. And this is where the spiritual thing gets kind of weird. You've got clairvoyance, the sense of sight, clear audience, the sense of hearing, clear gustance, the sense of taste, clear alliance, the sense of smell, clear cognizance, the sense of uh, just understanding and awareness, oh, yeah. and clear sentience, the feelings and sensations that go with it. So right. you've got those six things all working concurrently all the time on a cycle, on a cycle. And, so everyone um, has the six, or is it, do some have just some? No, no, we, we all have them. And uh, everyone has those six senses. Okay. And what you perceive on one occasion might be different from what you perceive on another occasion. Oh, and okay. this is where you can go into the same environment twice. And unless you physically work with the, keeping your... It's kind of like... Um, uh, I'm trying to think of an example. It's kind of like where you develop a skill, but if you don't continue that skill, it will drop off mm -hmm. to, to a minimum level. Yeah. So and, until you pick it up again, say like juggling, you, you know, you, you, you could be a great juggler keeping six balls up in the air, which are your six senses. But if, if you don't keep that going, you might not be able to keep two going. You know, and um, it's it's all about working with and remaining open to those. So it's when we work with these senses, we will have ones that we are naturally predisposed towards, i.e. some people are very visual people. Some people, you know, when we develop as children, some people take in information visually. Some people have to touch things in order to engage with them. You know, some people are very prone to excessive sound and they don't like it. It upsets their equilibrium. We've all got different ways of working. We've got strong senses and weak senses, but we've, we've still got them. Uh, and, and, you know, obviously sometimes from a physical perspective, you know, somebody might entirely lose one or more sensitive capabilities. Within a spiritual sense, that doesn't necessarily happen, but we do still need to work with them. We, have, we still need to keep them moving. We have a portion of our brain which is subconscious. It's not a conscious mm -hmm. uh, part of our brain, but we use that conscious part. In other words, if we are going to, for instance, we play sports, if or Aikido, uh, mm -hmm. if we're going to make a move, we've already done that move in that part of the brain. In other words, we, we have already done it, conceived it in our brain, and we're, it's that information goes to our muscles that actually enact on it. Mm -hmm. And that, that's good. And 
we can actually train ourselves by using that subconscious part of our brain by visualizing the act over and over again, even yes, though we're not yeah. physically doing it. So mm -hmm. do we have that that same type of thing psychically where we have a portion of our brain that allows us to activate these various methods of... Uh... Yes, just, just, by, just acknowledging and being aware of them and working with them uh, is, is, is enough. Um, where it gets difficult though is that we are programmed to disbelieve and we are programmed to believe certain things, to disbelieve certain things, and to put things down to the realms of fantasy, or you know, make believe, make up. So we actually get in our own but you thought have it process. The other way too, way. Steve. Steve mm -hmm. You have it the other way too, where people believe stuff that really isn't true. Correct. Yes, and that's what I was going to say. It's you, you're walking a constant fine line between knowing what is correct and not curtailing yourself and not going down a false path. And that's a very, very fine line. And unlike when we're using devices, for example, um, it, it's, it, it, it's a much less safe line than, for example, the paranormal investigator, the parapsychologist who has to have everything within their finite lines of what science permits. Okay, if it doesn't fall within those two categories, then it, it's out with the realm of what they're looking for. When you work on these uh, more psychic levels, you have to be your own instrument. So you have to constantly keep a check on, is what I'm feeling coming from spirit? Is it coming from me? And Or, is it, or have I gone down a rabbit hole with this one? And that's why whenever we start spiritual development, people people get, I heard you and Steve talking about the kind of instant gratification thing on the ghost hunts and all that. Right. It's extremely, it's, it's way worse with people who want to develop psychically um, uh, because they, they, they right, want it. I tell you this, but we've run out of time. Oh no, oh no. Yeah, uh, yeah I hate to cut you off where you are, but we, we are we're under two minutes now. No problem. Uh, is there any Anything, uh, if, if anybody wants to get find out more information about Stephen Scott, how can they do that? Just look on Facebook, Stephen W.K. Scott, Spiritualist Medium. Yeah, good guy. It's always there. Good man. Anyway, Steve, thank you so much for uh, joining me tonight. Uh, it was a pleasure. It's always intriguing because there's so many questions in the paranormal. We, we, we People like on these TV shows and, and other things just accept everything as fact when there's so many questions really to be answered. Mm -hmm. Yeah, challenge everything. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, thank you once again. You've been listening to Ghost Chronicles uh, Next Generation with uh, Ron Tolick, and my special guest tonight is in Scottish spiritualist medium, whew, uh, Stephen Scott. And uh, Stephen, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, yeah, thank you. And uh, have a good night, which is about one o'clock in the morning now. <laughs> it's just coming up one now, yes. Yeah. yeah God bless you. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, we're brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 286 Merrick Street, Methuen, Massachusetts, and the Gallant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North England, Massachusetts. Tune in next week. Good night. God bless.
from goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.